Thank you for the cross, Lord. We can't say that enough. Thank you for the cross. So undeserving, so unworthy. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that we can celebrate this morning your great love. That you did so love the world that you gave your one and only son. That whoever believes might not perish, but have everlasting life. So, Lord, we come this morning with grateful hearts. We come this morning with a deep sense of appreciation for all that you've done for us, all that you continue to do. Lord, forgive us for taking for granted all that you do, even taking for granted the cross busyness of life, the hecticness of our schedules, we so quickly and so easily forget. So thank you for the reminder this morning. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for all that we share in common because of the cross, because of Jesus' death. It's because of him that we gather here. It's because of Him that we enjoy the relationships that we enjoy. It's all because of Jesus. So we give you thanks together this morning in His mighty, mighty name. out of the microphone around the world on YouTube, right? <laughs> What's that, Tom? That's okay. That's okay. Any Dr. Seuss fans in the in the building this morning? Got two or three of you. I love Dr. Seuss. Uh, I just love the, the crazy rhyming and crazy words and everything about it. One of my favorite books is Horton Hatches the Egg. <laughs> classic. Now most people who think of Dr. Seuss and hear the name Horton, they think of his other book about Horton. Horton what? Here's a who. There you go. But if I asked you a minute ago what the name of the other book was, you wouldn't know. But now you know it's Horton Hatches the A. And th- this is a phenomenal story that uh, Dr. Seuss created. This little skinny book, 1495. <laughs> Man, I couldn't find the old one. I had to go buy a new one. Oh, but I love this story. Uh, anybody read this book? How many of the only person who's read Port and Hatches the Egg? Come on. <laughs> it's a great book. It's a great book for kindergartners. And here's Pastor Roy in front of a bunch of adults talking about Horton. So the story of Horton Hatches the Egg is a great story. It's a story of a lazy bird named Maisie who is sitting on her nest with her egg, impatiently wanting to be anyplace else, do anything else. She wants a vacation. She wants time away. She's bored. And so Horton passes by, Horton the elephant, and she presses Horton into service. 
to sit on her egg, on her nest, on her little tree. And if you can see the picture here, it's a little tree, it's a little nest, and a big elephant. And so Maisie gets Horton up on the up on the tree, up on the egg, and she's gone. Palm Beach, Florida. And she's having the time of her life. And in spite of the fact that she's promised to only be gone for a short time, she's decided in Palm Beach, Florida to never go back. And so Horton, the hero of our story, is sitting in this tree on this egg. And uh, he endures thunder, lightning, rain, he endures his friends coming by and laughing and mocking at him how stupid and foolish he is up there. Um, he sat all that day and he kept the egg warm and he sat all night through a terrible storm. It poured and it lightning, it thundered, it rumbled. This isn't much fun, the poor elephant grumbled. I wish he'd come back because I'm cold and I'm wet. I hope that that Maisie bird doesn't forget. Uh, she's long since forgotten about him. She's done. So Horton kept sitting there day after day. As soon as it was autumn, the leaves blew away. And then came the winter, the snow and the sleet. The icicles hung from his trunk and his feet. But Horton kept sitting and said with a sneeze, I'll stay on this egg and I won't let it freeze. I meant what I said and I said what I meant. And elephant's faithful 100%. <coughs> And so he endures, like I said, the taunts of his friends. He endures all that. They laughed and laughed. And he assumes again those, those words, I meant what I said, I said what I meant. And elephant's faithful, 100%. And uh, then three hunters come. They got their guns aimed at him. And uh, great story. They're going to they're gonna shoot Horton. And then they get this great, bright idea. Uh, did he run? He did not. Horton stayed on that nest. He held his head high and he threw out his chest. He looked at the hunters as much as to say, Shoot if you must, but I won't run away. I meant what I said and I said what I meant. Melvin's faithful, 100%. The hunters get the bright idea. Instead of shooting Horton, they're going to capture him and sell him to a circus for money. That's no big shock. And so the first thing he knew, they had built a big wagon with ropes on the front for the polars to drag on. I love that ride. They dug up his tree and they put it inside with Horton so sad that he practically cried. We're off the men shouted and off they all went with Horton unhappy. 100%. And so off he goes. They load him on a, on a ship. He's out at sea. Out of the wagon and onto a ship out over the ocean. And oh, what a trip. Rolling and tossing and splashed with the spray. And Horton said day after day after day, I meant what I said and I said what I meant, but oh, I am seasick. 100%. And they offload him, they sell him to the circus, and off he goes. Sold to a circus! Then week after week, they showed him to people at 10 cents a peak. They took him to Boston, to Kalamazoo, Chicago, Weehawken, and Washington, too. To Dayton, Ohio, St. Paul, Minnesota, to Wichita, Kansas, to Drake, North Dakota. And everywhere, thousands of folks flocked to see and laugh at the elephant up in the tree. Poor Horton grew sadder the farther he went. But he said as he sat in that hot, noisy tent, I meant what I said, and I said what I meant. An elephant's faithful. 
Then one day, the circus show happened to reach a town way down south, not so far from Palm Beach. There you go, you knew where this was going. And dawdling along way up high in the sky, who of all people should chance to fly by? But that old good-for-nothing bird runaway daisy. Still on vacation and still just as lazy. And spying the flags and the tents just below, she sang out, What fun? I'll go to the show. And she swooped from the clouds through an open tent door. Good gracious, gasped Maisie. I've seen you before. Poor Horton looked up with his face white as chalk. He started to speak, but before he could talk, there rang out the noisiest ear-splitting squeaks from the egg that he'd sat on for 51 weeks. A thumping, a bumping, a wild, alive scratching. My egg, shouted Horton. My egg, why it's hatching. But it's mine, screamed the bird when she heard the egg crack. The work was all done, now she wanted it back. It's my egg, she sputtered. You stole it from me. Get off of my nest, get out of my tree. Poor Horton backed down with a sad, heavy heart. But at that very moment, the egg burst apart. And out of the pieces of red and white shell from the egg that he sat on so long and so well, Horton the elephant saw something whiz. It had ears and a tail and a trunk just like his. <laughs> and the people came shouting, What's all this about? They looked and they stared with their eyes popping out. Then they cheered and they cheered and they cheered more and more. They'd never seen anything like it before. My goodness, my gracious, they shouted. My word, it's something brand new. It's an elephant bird. <laughs> and it should be, it should be, it should be like that. Because Horton was faithful, he sat and he sat. He meant what he said and he said what he meant. And they sent him home happy. 100%. Oh, I didn't do that too well because Maggie's going to enlist me to read her kindergarten now. Horton the elephant. Meant what he said, said what he meant. Faithful. 100%. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of friends that I value most. I discovered yesterday, if I step here, I go out. If I step over here, I'm on, so you must stay over here. Um, I value friends that I can count on, friends that are reliable, dependable. Uh, when I think about faithful friends, uh, the kind of faithful friends that I, I hold in the highest esteem are few in number. I find that I have a lot of friends that, you know, I'm, I'm just not so sure I could, I could confide some things in them that won't escape and get told someplace else. One of my friends for years, I've known Joe Price since I was in junior high. We served together on the pastoral staff in Long Beach. And Joe and I frequently would get together, pray together, talk together, and share life together, personal stuff. And I'll never forget a phrase that Joe used that I've used since many, many times in my own life. But we would have those kind of conversations and Joe would say this, I'll take it to the grave. That's faithful 100%. I value friends like that. More importantly, I value a God, whoops, 
I value a God that's like that, don't you? The God that's faithful, reliable, dependable, you can count on. And so we've been in this series on God is. What is our God like? And for some of us, uh, we've heard some of this stuff before, right? You've heard that God's omniscient and omnipotent and all that good stuff. We've talked about God's goodness, God's mercy, um, God's immutability. We've talked about all these things. And for many of us, it's something we've heard before. But it's good to be reminded what our God is like. Because we easily forget how great our God is. One of my favorite passages in Psalm 145, it says, Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. What does that word unsearchable suggest to you? You are never, ever, in ten lifetimes, you would never, ever, fully fathom and understand our God. And so it's good to be reminded of all of those things. And so this morning, we want to talk about what it means that our God is faithful. Because you and I have a God who spoke, and He meant what He said, and said what He meant, and your God is faithful 100%. And so I want you to come with me this morning to the 89th Psalm. And we could spend a long time here, and uh, I'm hoping not to do that. But this amazing psalm, I think, was written at a time toward the end of the kingdom of Judah. Possibly even to the point where Babylon has come, and Babylon has taken the king of Judah away and replaced him. And the psalmist is struggling with the fact that God said to David, your kingdom is going to last, how long? Forever. And your heirs will always sit on the throne of your kingdom. And so the psalmist is writing in this this context where, what's going on? Uh, We don't have an heir of David on the throne right now. What's happened to your promise, your covenant promise? And so the psalmist is wrestling with this a little bit. And so he opens this psalm, and I just want to focus on the first eight verses. We're going to drop all the way to the end by the time I'm done, I think. But the first eight eight verses say this. I will sing of the loving kindness of the Lord forever. To all generations I will make known thy faithfulness with my mouth. For I have said loving kindness will be built up forever. In the heavens thou wilt establish thy faithfulness. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your seed forever and build up your throne to all generations. The heavens will praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies is comparable to the Lord? There's a question for you to ponder. Who in the skies is comparable to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty is like the Lord? 
a God greatly feared in the council of the holy ones, and awesome above all those who are around him. O Lord God of hosts, who is like thee, O mighty Lord? Thy faithfulness also surrounds you. And so the psalmist is very, very focused here because of God's promise to Israel that an heir of King David would be on the throne forever. His kingdom would endure forever. The psalmist is very focused on this word faithfulness and sort of kind of, I, I think, kind of pushing back with the Lord. Is it really true? Are you really faithful? Can we really count on you? Do you say what you mean and mean what you say? Are you faithful 100%? And so there's, there's some ideas here that have, that have spoken into my heart and into my life that I want to share with you. The first thing that impresses me in these words is that for this psalmist, God's faithfulness created an enthusiasm to tell others about it. He not only says, I'm going to tell of your faithfulness, your loving kindness. He says, I'm going to sing. And that word sing, by the way, what's the difference between singing something and saying something? Is there a difference between saying something and singing something? Well, there obviously there's a difference. But as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, as a general rule, if you're singing something... It kind of elevates what's being said, and it, it's, a, it's more of a celebration to sing something. Any of you sing when you're driving in your car? And you know, I'm not the only one that does that. Um, I sing on my bicycle rides too, which bothers my friends a lot, but that's another story. Um, but the psalmist is so excited about God's faithfulness that he says, "I'm gonna. I'm not only gonna talk about it." He says, I'm going to sing of the loving kindness. I'm going to make your faithfulness... What happened to my sound? There it is. I'm going to make your faithfulness known to all generations forever. Make known thy faithfulness with my mouth. And I I reflect on this and I think, how excited do I get about God's faithfulness? How excited do I get about the qualities that mark out our God? That He's holy, He's righteous, He's just. He knows everything. He knows what's best for me. He's all-powerful. There's nothing He cannot do. How excited do I get about that? I'm just kind of accepted as fact, right? And the, and the psalmist says, I'm going to sing. I'm, I'm going to make this known with my mouth. And the, the emphasis sounds to me as I reflect on this, it's not just a kind of a quiet little thing going on. This is a loud voice acknowledging the psalmist gets excited. He has enthusiasm to tell others about God's faithfulness. When's the last time you express to someone how faithful God's been to you. When's the last time you had conversation with someone where you commented to them about, you just wouldn't believe how faithful God's been. When's the last time you had that kind of conversation? And then why don't we do that more? 
I think one of the reasons why we don't do that more is we get a lot more focused on the, the difficulties and the challenges in life than we do on the blessings. And that's why we have a song every once in a while we sing, count your many blessings, count them one by one, right? We need to be reminded to do that. God, has God, has God been faithful in your life? Has God come through and delivered? Every time. Who said that? Right off. Every time. When I think of God's faithfulness, I think of a period of time in my life where in the span of four years, I lost three jobs. And uh, got fired once. Anyone ever been fired from a job? That's an exciting time in your life. Uh, I got fired once. Uh, the second experience, we both decided that I wasn't cut out for sales, and that job came to an end. And then my third job, I was working for a nonprofit. And do you remember back in, well, anyway, nonprofits have these financial cycles where income is up and then income is down. And uh, when income goes down, guess what happens? Yeah. And my friend Dan, who uh, owned that uh, child, that uh, foster care ministry that I was a part of, um, had the difficult task of telling me one day, uh, we're going down the tubes. And uh, I was back on the street. But one of the amazing things in that difficult time of my life, um, two amazing things happened. Just God's faithfulness. Two amazing things happened. One was, in spite of making probably less money than I'd ever made at any four-year period of my life since the age of 15. Um, God provided for us. God took care of us. There were people that knew we were in difficult straits and we'd find a bag of groceries on the porch or an envelope with some cash in it. God took care of us. God was faithful. And it was out of that experience that God, God kind of launched me into a, a whole new area of ministry that I'd never considered We have a faithful God. We need to celebrate that. We need to get excited about it. We need to tell people about it. When's the last time you had a conversation and you told someone about how great God is, how faithful He's been? Yeah. I think it was uh, Dave Goodwin yesterday in in Irene's service um, talked about Irene's impact at the workplace when she was working at the Norwalk car auction, auto auction. And um, she had people come to her frequently and ask her to pray for them. And, and Dave pitched kind of a counter uh, image where there's, there's some Christians that in the workplace, if you were to mention the word church, their response would be, what they say? You go to church. <laughs> you know, if we were to talk regularly and consistently about our great God and what he's done for us, it wouldn't be people puzzled about whether we know the word or not. It wouldn't. Get excited, as the psalmist did. Uh, the second thing that excites me in this psalm, and I think is probably why I'm so emotional this morning, because I've been thinking about it, is that in this psalm, God's faithfulness is uniquely attached to His loving kindness. And you'll find the interchange back and forth in this psalm between God's faithfulness and His love. His steadfast love, His loving kindness. Sometimes that word is translated mercies. But God's faithfulness is attached to His love. 
Do you get excited about God's love? Yeah. That God loves us, cares about us? If I step over here, does the sound disappear? I'm still a little puzzled with this. What if, what if God was a loving, compassionate, caring God, but was not faithful? Because if God was a loving, caring, compassionate God, but not faithful, you would always wonder, is this love going to keep going? I suspect there's many of us in this room, at least a few of us, that have enjoyed a love relationship with a person who turned out to not be faithful. Our God is rich in mercy, full of loving kindness. That theme permeates the scriptures, right? But what if? What if he wasn't faithful? What if he was fickle? What if he could change his mind? What if his love depended on you and your responses, your behaviors, your attitudes, the words that you speak, the life that you live. If God's love depended on all of that, guess what? We're in deep, deep trouble. And I think that's why the, the scripture says, it's because of God's mercies, His faithfulness, it's because of God's mercies that we are not consumed. We have, we have a faithful, faithful God. And, and it's attached to His loving kindness. And not only that, it's attached to this thought where He says in verse 6, Who in the skies is comparable to the Lord? Who among the hosts of the mighty, all the angels of heaven, who among all of them is like the Lord? And the answer to that question is what? Nobody. Our God is unique. He's uniquely faithful. He's uniquely consistent. Uniquely dependable. He is incomparable. That, 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 ought to, that ought to overwhelm us. Because if he loved us, but he wasn't faithful, it would be a difficult time. Difficult time. The third thought that impresses me about God's faithfulness, in verse 2, he says, it's, it's settled for all time. I will sing of the loving kindness of the Lord forever. To all generations I will make known thy faithfulness with my mouth. How long does all generations go on for? Forever and ever. God's faithfulness is settled forever. What does that mean? Long time, yeah. What else does it mean? Eternity. What else does it mean? It ain't going to change. It's faithful. It ain't going to change. His faithfulness is settled forever. Moses said in Deuteronomy 7, 9, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, 
the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with him with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. That's a long time. We have a faithful, faithful God. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, in, in professional sports, that's the spot right there, huh? <laughs> in professional sports, they have this thing called instant replay. And what happens with instant replay is it gives the umpires or referees, depending on the sport, it gives the umpires or the referees the opportunity to to relook and to change their mind. There's no instant replays with God. No instant replays. You can't wind the tape back and have God take a second look and go, oh, you know, I really messed up this time. That doesn't happen. There's no instant replays with God. I don't know about you, but I'm glad for that. His faithfulness is settled for all time. In verse 8, the psalmist talks about God being surrounded by his faithfulness. That, that faithfulness surrounds him. And, and I find myself a little puzzled by that. Does, is that the idea of him being wrapped in kind of a robe that, uh, that's, that's described by faithfulness? Um, and the other thought I had, which kind of helped, I, I love this idea, whether this is what it means or not. You'll have to ponder a little bit on your own. But when I think of something surrounding God... His faithfulness is on his right. His faithfulness is on his left. His faithfulness is in front of him. His faithfulness is behind him. His faithfulness is above him. His faithfulness is... He's surrounded by faithfulness. And I guess what speaks to me is the closer I get to him... I'm in that bubble. I'm in that circle. He promises to be faithful, dependable, reliable, always there. Count on him. He meant what he said, and he said what he meant. Your God is faithful. 100%. The fourth, uh, I guess, fifth thought in my notes. um, God's faithfulness will never, ever fail. Even in the face of my unfaithfulness. And and so in the psalm, as the psalmist is struggling with, with God's faithfulness to his covenant, to his promise... He says in in verse 30, God says, If his sons, David's sons, forsake my law, don't walk in my judgments, they violate my statutes, they don't keep my commandments, I'll visit their transgressions with the rod, their iniquity, iniquity with stripes, but I will not break off my loving kindness from him, nor deal falsely in my faithfulness. Some of your translations say, my faithfulness will not fail. That phrase, not deal falsely. One of the core ideas of that is that it it would fail. God's faithfulness will never fail. There's nothing I can do, nothing you can do, that will cause God 
to cease being faithful, reliable, dependable. You can take it to the bank. In fact, Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are faithless, what are the odds of one of us or any of us or even all of us ever being faithless? What are the odds of that? Pretty good. Thank you, Tom. Pretty good. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. (laughs) I love Jeremiah's statement in the book of Lamentations where he says his mercies are new every morning. What's the next line? Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. And so, as I like to do, I ask myself the question as I've reflected on this song, so what? (laughs) What difference should this make in my life, your life, this week? Um, First thought, that I had is, like the psalmist, I too benefit greatly from God's faithfulness. Every promise He has made is guaranteed by His faithfulness. You got any favorite promises in your Bible? There's a few, right? I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. That's a great promise. And our faithful God will do what He says. He promises, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That's a great promise. Every promise captured in the pages of this book is guaranteed to you and to me because God is faithful. And I ask the question again, what if? What if he wasn't faithful? What if he couldn't count on those promises? Things would change, wouldn't they? First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, The Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from the evil one. That's a great promise. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you, but such is, is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able, but with the temptation make a way to escape. This book is full of those kind of promises, and they all depend on God being faithful. All of them. So like the psalmist, um, I should celebrate. I should praise Him every day. Declare His faithfulness. What has He done in your life? What has He accomplished for you? What has He done this last week? Not what did he do 20 years ago or 50 years ago. What did he do yesterday, this last week? And why aren't we talking about it and telling people about it? We have a faithful, faithful God. He always delivers. 
all of a sudden I had this memory jump into my mind. Someone sent me this little video clip this week that compared the delivery systems of Amazon, FedEx, UPS, and the Postal Service. Anyone see that video? Oh, joy. (laughs) So, the video opens, front door of a house, and it says Amazon. And the guy walks up with the package, sets it down in front of the door, rings the doorbell, takes two steps back, takes a picture. Resets on the house, and uh, I think I think this is FedEx. And you see uh, the package softly tossed, and the guy comes up, rings the doorbell, and leaves. And then the next one, that's Amazon, FedEx, and then UPS. I could have those reversed, but anyway, UPS. You get the picture of the front door. The package is slammed against the wall, drops on the ground, and uh, you never see the guy that threw it. <laughs> the last one is UPS, or United States Postal Service. Front door of the house, the sound of crickets. <laughs> I can't believe it takes a week for my letter to get from my house to my son's house in North Carolina, but that's another story. Our God always delivers. Not like those four guys, right? He always delivers. He's consistent, reliable, dependable, faithful. We ought to be talking about our faithful, faithful God a lot more than we do. My third thought is this. Like the psalmist, I need to emulate God's faithfulness in my life. I need to be a faithful, dependable, reliable person. God models for you and for me what it means to be faithful, dependable, reliable. Someone that can be counted on. Someone that's trustworthy. Someone who's honest. Someone who keeps their word. Someone who says what they, or meant what they said and said what they meant because they're faithful 100%. Pastor Oscar's been telling us that some of these attributes of God are intended for us to be like our God. I can't be omnipresent, I can't be omnipotent, but I can be faithful. And I think of this simple, so this this theme just runs and runs and runs on in the scriptures, and I don't have time to share all this with you, and I'm deleting and subtracting in my head as I go, but... Um, Faithful people are a joy to know and be around. Isn't that true? Wow. Proverbs 25. Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. For he refreshes the soul of his masters. Faithful people are refreshing. Unfaithful, undependable, unreliable people just wear you out. They tire you. They exhaust. Faithful people are a joy to know and be around. Secondly, faithful people are hard to find. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, Many a man proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a faithful, trustworthy man or woman? Faithful people are critical to God's kingdom. 1 Corinthians 4, 2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. 
May we be discovered to be dependable, reliable, responsible, keeping our word, keeping our promises. The scripture even talks about keeping our word even to our own hurt. Where you make a promise and circumstances change and you stay constant with your promise. Horton did that. He endured lightning and thunder and ice and snow. You know, the, the whole story. Circumstances changed. He could have bailed off of that tree. But he said what he, or he meant what he said and he said what he meant and elephants are faithful 100%. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, The things you've heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Faithful men and women. That's what God needs in His kingdom. He needs faithful people who will serve Him, who will honor Him, who will keep their promises, whose lives will reflect His faithfulness, His love. And so, on a scale of 1 to 10, how faithful are you? You were to rate yourself this morning on faithfulness. Scale of 1 to 10, how faithful am I? And what can I do in my life to be a little more faithful? And then, how faithful has God been to me, to you? And who is it that God has placed around you? Family, friends, neighbors, co-workers. Who is it that God's placed around you that you can share God's faithfulness with? Just a simple testimony. You don't believe what happened to me on a Saturday. This bozo on the freeway, you know, God was faithful. You know, they're all bozos, Michael. Come on. All those people on the freeway are bozos. I'm sorry. <laughs> but who is it that God's place around you that needs to hear about God's faithfulness? Who knows what kind of opportunities um, God might open up? For you to speak of speak of Jesus, to speak of his death on the cross, to speak of his sacrifice for sin. Who knows what opportunities God would open if just in the everyday course of conversation with other people we would be free to talk about how faithful God has been. God did this, God did that. I could tell you stories about how faithful God has been to me on my, on my bike rides, but my wife is here. She doesn't know these stories. <laughs> um, and, and, and I could tell you some pretty phenomenal stories. Never mind. Um, you and I have a faithful God. Do you fully appreciate that this morning? Can you fully celebrate that this morning? Can you with a loud voice say, Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Can you do that? Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. That that needs to be a theme in in my life and in your life. It's because of God's faithfulness. It's because of His faithfulness to His promises that He left the glory of heaven and 
entered this planet in the form of a baby. It's because of this faithfulness that Jesus grew and lived that perfect sinless life for 33 years. It's because of God's faithfulness that Jesus went to the cross. Fully in accord with God's purposes, God's plans, God's promises, God's word. He meant what he said and said what he meant because your God is faithful 100%. It's because of the faithfulness of God that when Jesus died on the cross, he rose again three days later. That's a faithful God. Keeping his promises. And it's because of the faithfulness of God that when you and I turn from our sin and our disobedience and our indifference toward God and repent and turn from that and turn to put our faith and our trust in Jesus, His sacrifice on the cross, His payment for sin, that God keeps His promise to do what? Forgive our sin and to give us eternal life. What if our God wasn't faithful. It'd be a whole different story. It'd be a whole different story. And you and I would be in deep trouble. Deep, deep trouble. One of my friends says, deep, deep doo-doo. <laughs> but because we have a faithful God, we know that the promises are all true, and we know He's going to keep His word. Because when you hold this book in your hands, you can be confident that God meant what He said and said what He meant because your God's faithful 100%. And so, Lord, we just bow our heads and hearts before You this morning and, and give You thanks that You're a faithful God. Again, Lord, we are undeserving. We are unworthy. We fall far short. We're not as faithful as we ought to be, not as faithful as we want to be. But by the empowerment of your Spirit, help us to be faithful as we serve you and honor you. I pray even that you would give us opportunity this week to speak to someone else about your faithfulness. It might be a word to a fellow believer that would bring encouragement and hope and help in a difficult time. It might be a word to an unbeliever who might be drawn to ask questions to consider further, to think upon your faithfulness and your love. Lord, I'm grateful that you're faithful. I'm grateful that I can count on you 100%. Dependable, reliable. Lord, help us to trust you just a little bit more this week because of your faithfulness. Help us to love you just a little bit more this week.
faithfulness endures for all generations. It will never fail. It will never change. It will never stop. We need that kind of God because we fail. We fall short. We stumble. We're unfaithful. But in spite of all that, Lord, you're faithful.
song. What a good God you are. Thank you, Lord. Yesterday we shared a very special day uh, celebrating Irene's life and uh, sharing memories. Yeah, we just, we just, it was just a wonderful time to remember Irene. We recorded it so it could be live streamed. And so if you missed it, it's available at our YouTube channel, Grace Norwalk. Norwalk Grace. Grace Norwalk. Grace Norwalk. It's on our YouTube channel. And so if you missed it, it's there. If you want to go back and look at it again. I looked at it last night. Um, so it's all there. Uh, it's just amazing. And I want to say a big thank you to our Care and Fellowship Commissions. They came together. They've, they've taken care of two families in the last two weeks, which is a huge, huge task. And I'm going to not know all the names, but I'm, I'm just grateful that, that uh, we have people with servants' hearts. I'm grateful and, and proud as a pastor of our church that we have people that will step into that situation. Um, because they loved Irene, and they probably would have preferred to be at the service instead of preparing food and getting everything ready. Um, and some of them did come into the service for a while, but um, I'm just grateful, and I want those of you that served, and I'm going to forget. I know Mona and Lulu were there, and Adriana, and Daisy, and Eddie, and Patty, and who else am I missing? I don't know, but there's a whole bunch of people that helped. And, and part of my purpose for giving you that little quick list is they, they need more help. They need faithful people that will volunteer to help in those kind of events. We're planning on Easter Sunday, three weeks from now, um, a breakfast that morning. And we need help, right Eddie? And so uh, we need some faithful people that will step up and say, hey, I'll come early, I'll help, what can I do to help? You need help setting up tables and chairs, you need help preparing the food. I don't know what help they need, but I know they need help. And Clean up, yeah, clean up all the things go, the last thing. So if you would just check in with us, with Eddie or Patty and just say, how can I help? Here's my phone number. Make sure, you know, we need faithful people to, to participate and be a part of that. Pastor Oscar has been placing in our bulletin this little tiny piece of paper that falls out every time I pick my bulletin up. And it's easy to forget about it. But we're basically suggesting, write down three names of people that you can invite to come Easter Sunday. People are more more inclined to come on Easter Sunday than any other day of the year except Christmas. And uh, give an invitation. We heard yesterday that our sister Irene came to church as a teenager because her friend Shirley invited her to church. And she came to know Jesus. And as a result, her parents came to know Jesus. And as a result, we've enjoyed a relationship with Irene these many years. And I told someone last, last night as I was leaving, I said, you know... If Shirley had never invited Irene to church, humanly speaking, if that had never happened, we wouldn't have been here today. Think about the impact one simple invitation can have. It's amazing. It really is. So go with God as He chooses to bless you this week with the presence of His Holy Spirit. Go with God as His Son Jesus walks with you and goes before you. Go this week into a, a week confident of God's love and His faithfulness. His love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Go confident this week in that promise as you seek to walk with Jesus and honor Him. Have a great week.